0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary. He said, There was a judge in a certain town who neither feared God nor respected any human being and a widow in that town used to come to him and say, render a just decision for me against my adversary. For a long time, the judge was unwilling, but eventually he thought, while it is true that I neither fear God nor respect any human being, because this widow keeps bothering me, I shall deliver a just decision for her lest she finally come and strike me. The Lord said, pay attention to what the dishonest judge says. Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you, he will see to it that justice is done for them speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good evening. I have to do one little bit of business. Otherwise, I'm going to be totally distracted this entire homily. So I need a thumbs up from the, uh, the servers or the, altar or the ushers in the back. And David, if you can help me, just need to make sure we got water and wine and an extra ciborium to come up with the gifts. I'm not sure if that's done and I'll be totally distracted. Right? Because I'm like, where's the gift I got? I'll have to run back there and go back there. And I'm like, sorry, i got to get some wine. Done that before, right? But anyways, we're blessed to have so many people helping us here, but that's an oversight on my part. But sometimes you, you know, it's kind of like a coach when he comes out on the playing field. You're out there and you're kind of like, okay, got this, got that. Someone I've heard, got it. All right, everything's in play. All right, we're ready, right? So we are ready. We are ready for our third week in this four-week series. We've had a message series, which Being in the Catholic Church, it's maybe not something we're all too familiar with, a message series where everything kind of hopefully links to the next week, links to something, and stays with our theme. And our theme is connected to the vine. Jesus says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. I had the grace of being with parishioners of ours not too long ago. Matter of fact, I was with the gentleman today, taking him Holy Communion at home. He watches faithfully with his wife, to TV, and he found out that, keep him in your prayers, I'm not going to say the name or the location, but his uh, illness came back, and he may be on the path towards going to see Jesus, but his faith is just vibrant, and went and spent like about an hour with him today visiting, and he could just rattle off what was Father Mike said in the homily and everything, and he just was just there soaking it up, everything from beginning to end, and this gentleman knows a lot about vineyards and about wines. And so he was coaching me up again today. We were talking because I was like, man, what you told me last time, tell me a little more. And what he told me is he said that you've got the vine and the branches. So if you have a vineyard and your goal is wine, right, good wine, choice wines, right, you have to, with the vines, the vines work off of stress. In other words, you don't overwater the vines. You don't overwater the vines. The vines work with stress and you you work this right stress out, so there's stress. They're seeking with that water. They desire the water, but you don't want to give them too much water because the water goes to the branches. And if you give them the right amount of water and they're stressed, stretched, right, kind of stressed, and the branches are stressed, what you'll have for wine is you'll have small grapes. And what he was telling me is the small, smaller the grape the closer the skin is to the water and the flesh within it, which makes it juicier, better for wine. Versus from the table grapes, when we go into the store and we see the you know the big huge grapes and all that, those grapes are getting too much water, and it comes up and they're bigger, and they're not going to be as sweet because the sweetness comes from the closeness of the skin to the water. So the smaller the grape the sweeter the grape. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And he went on and he told me, he says, yeah, but the other thing is, if, if you don't give it enough water in a way, what happens is, is it will know to, where to go to get the water and it will take the water from the branches and the grapes will become raisins. I was like, dang. And he goes, take that for whatever it's worth, Father, with your vine and branches thing. Right? <laughs> but... But he was, he was—he's here's somebody reflecting on it, but it's the vine and the branch. Jesus, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Another, life comes from me and from me through you as the branches. Stay connected to me and you'll bear fruit, right? And sometimes we get go, it's gotta be big fruit, it's gotta be this. You know, when you go in the grocery store, I don't know, you go in there and you see the orange, that's all orange, and you got the pss, 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 all the water, right? There. It's dry. Have you ever, when you give me a dry peach, Oh, man, do not give me a dry peach, right? But So sometimes the outside, can, but the sweetness is within, right? So the fruit that we're called to bear. So the first week we talked about the importance of desiring that spiritual growth, right? We had a parable, like we have a parable today. A parable is like a mirror. It's where Jesus speaks to us, and it's a story, but it's a story with a goal, looking to get something, draw something out of us. And that story was the mulberry bush. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will tell this mulberry bush, be uprooted and thrown in the sea? No. Planted into the sea. Planted into the sea. What's going to grow in the sea? So the sea we talked about is being like life. The sea of our life. It can be calm at times. It can be agitated at times, right? But how are we going to grow fruit? It's going to be rooted. And the number of people who've come out of masses with tears in their eyes and just emotionally moved, a young lady today that said, I just moved here. Another person, I just moved here. The idea of being uprooted and planted is huge when they come from another location that they've grown up in, and they find themselves somewhere new. That could be a school. I'm now in ninth grade, or I'm in seventh grade, or I've changed my school, or I've changed my location. We get uprooted and we get planted, sometimes willingly, Sometimes we actually don't want to be uprooted. Sometimes we know we have to be uprooted and it's hard to let go. But where we're planted, God wants us planted and he works through us and he wants us to bear fruit. So spiritual growth. So where we are planted to have that desire in our heart to grow, to bear that sweet fruit that comes forth from the vine. That was the first week, spiritual growth. Second week, which was last week, Father Mike spoke about the 10 lepers. You remember the story? There were 10 that were healed. Have pity on us. He also told us about how the lepers were cast out. They had bells on their necks, and not only were they cast out, they were so cast out that they had to get permission of the priest that their skin was okay, even to go back and be with their family. And Father Mike talked about how they left, and Jesus, they made an act of faith, because that was all they had was to put faith in this miracle worker, that if we turn and go to the priest. Somehow, when we get to the priest, we'll be healed. But along the way, they were healed. In the other nine, it's not like they were really doing anything wrong, but I probably would have been in that nine. I would have been thinking about my mom, my dad, my brothers and sisters that I haven't seen, seen for years, and I would have gone there, and I would have told the priest, check out my skin, and gone home to give my parents a hug. But the foreigner realized halfway through that journey that he was healed recalled that only God can do this and he goes back and falls at the feet of Jesus and said only God can cleanse a leper and I've been healed and he worshiped Jesus and Jesus what did he say your body's okay now he didn't say that but with his heart he said that he looked at him and said your faith has saved you it's our faith that brings us here It's our worship of God that brings us here. To fall at the feet of him and say, yes, I had a good day. Maybe I played baseball today and I didn't get as many hits as I got yesterday. But I'm here, right? I'm here. And I fall at the feet of Jesus and I say thank you for the gift to be able to be out there on this beautiful day, to have my family, and I worship you, right? And so to worship, to enter into worship, to respond, to be part of that. And so... Spiritual growth matters. Worship matters. And this last part is partnering with the mission of Jesus. We have to go beyond it and ask why. When, when, we, when we partner with Jesus, it's a heart-to-heart partnership. It's not just a hand with a heart in it. When we come to Mass, when He speaks to us through His living Word, He speaks to our heart. It said it cuts like a double-edged sword. It reaches our heart like nobody else can because it's the living Word of God. And so his word plants itself in our heart. And if we open our heart, then we carry that into our next week. And it becomes a lamp for our feet and a guide for our path. And then he holds out his hand with the help of the Holy Spirit. And he gives us his heart in the Eucharist. We come and we put our hands out like this and The priest or the deacon or the Eucharist minister places what looks like bread, tastes like bread, everything there. But it's Jesus' heart. He gives his heart to us. It's a partnership. And yet in the same way, we give our hearts back to him. That hand representing God and us giving our hearts back to him when we come and worship. I need you, Lord. We give our whole livelihood. Like the widow's wife Mike, We know the story, right? She came and dropped that little bit in there. Jesus wasn't moved by all the other stuff and all the big things. He was like, he saw that she gave from her heart. And this week when we talk a partnership, I, you know, Father Mike and I promise you this, okay? It's gonna be one time a year in October and it's gonna be one time. This week leading into next week. Where we commit as a parish in a partnership with Jesus in his mission. Because where we commit into a mission, he works through us. So there's one time of the year where we're going to talk about finances. And it's in the sense of our, what we received, and our first fruits given back. And what I can't do is I do not know what anybody's capability is to give. I don't. I only know the need. I only know the need. And the need, as we look at the landscape of our world for mission, for faith in our world, is great. And so let's turn to the gospel way where Jesus turns and he says, When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on this earth? Will he find faith on this earth? He was telling a parable about the persistent widow. Our God is not a God where we go and nag him and nag him and nag him and nag him till we get what we want. God is not a Coke machine; doesn't work that way. Why are you telling us, Jesus, to pray always? And He's looking at you and me, and He's saying, "I want you to pray always because it's good for you. It's good for you, Richard Sutter. It's good for you, each person. In the it's good for you. Pray always. Keep me on your heart. Ask, and you re- shall receive." Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be to me. I like it when you ask. And my Father loves it when, we, when you ask. So pray always. Recall my presence always. That's living with an active and a luminous faith. When I go from here, my worship, how long can I pro- prolong my thanksgiving after Holy Communion? Can I remember the gospel that was preached this week on Wednesday and recall it in my heart, and have that dialogue in my heart. Faith. To live by faith. Now it may be, in, and it's good. It may be, but it's good. There it may be some out there like, Father, we're here. And you're right. We don't have to be here. Nobody's keeping a check. You gotta be, you gotta be, where are you? We're here because our faith brought us here. And we may say in our heart, Father, faith is the biggest book on my bookshelf. It's the biggest one. In my life, it's always been the biggest one. Now, I hope the second biggest one is your family. What, you're putting faith before family? Yeah, because faith, Jesus says, you must love me more than your children, than, your, than everything. Because he knows if he fills our heart, if we're connected to the vine, family's gonna be strengthened. So faith is the biggest book on my bookshelf. And that's good. But Jesus looks at you and me and says, I don't want it to be the biggest book on your bookshelf. I want it to be the bookshelf. I want faith in me, Jesus says to us, I want it to hold up all that you do. All the amazing things that you do. Everything. So that our faith is part of everything. And I want you not only to want it part of everything, I want you to want that so much for everybody out there, even those with the hardest of the hearts, even those who are far from God. How important is it in my heart that my neighbor, their salvation, we're not gonna save them, only Jesus is gonna save them. But do they know Jesus? And do they experience Jesus' love in our life, on our sports teams, in our schools, in our places of work. That's why our mission is great. That's why our partnership with our Lord is great. That's why in the first reading in Exodus, Moses could have said, I parted the Red Sea. I don't need you, Joshua. I don't need you, Aaron. I can do it all on myself. I got the staff. Y'all don't. Get out of the way. But instead, they partnered, they brought a rock, they sat him down, they held up his hands, they did it, they worked together. And what Joshua could do, Moses couldn't do. What Moses did, Aaron couldn't do, right? And that was all that. What I can do, y'all can't do. But what you can do, I can't do. But imagine what we can do together and we can do in a partnership with Jesus and a partnership with others. And not just for us, to have a vision 100 years down the road. When was the last time I prayed about that? Not fixing it today, but 100 years down the road. For my children, my grandchildren, my great grandchildren. The faith we have to pass on. It's been given to us a gift, and we're called to pass it on. So, the greatest thing we can do in our partnership is to be able to help promulgate the faith, help get it out there. That's where the finances come in. If faith matters, if if faith is a priority, then we're going to give to what matters. Not to say that other things that we give to don't matter at all, but we're going to be able to, all of us, each one of us, search in our heart, be able to prioritize and say, how can I help in some way, shape, or form proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ? If I'm a little further on in my life, I may not be able to teach or help with a confirmation class, but my gift helps those confirmation students have a retreat and the parents not have to pay for it. I may be a young adult and say, well, you know, how's my faith in what the little I may put in or however much I can put in. The sacrifice of a Starbucks coffee or the sacrifice of a meal out or something like that. What is that going to really do? Well, with many people, it'll do a lot. Maybe it'll help our seniors have a hot lunch at their senior time. We're growing. We're growing in like 12 families a week. This parish is growing People are coming because you're giving witness. There may be someone here tonight that has never been here before. And they hear us respond. They hear us sing, something is different. And hopefully what's different is the Holy Spirit working through you and through me and bringing about that fruit. It's a partnership. It's a partnership. And I'll just close with this on my parents. My dad looked at me in the eye and said, son, he's, they're 83 now. He was a very successful lawyer. Very successful. He said, there were moments in my life when your mom and I couldn't give a dime. We just couldn't. There were other moments when it was prosperous. And we didn't look at 10%, we gave 20. It's not the measure, it's from the heart. How do we partner? How important, how much does it matter to partner in this mission of ours? Because what belongs to Christ belongs to us. And what belongs to us belongs to Christ. That's how we kind of keep all things, as the first Christians did, in common. It's that common mission. That common mission to be connected to the vine and to bear fruit, fruit that remains. Let's remain with the help of God's grace connected to the vine.